everybody. Welcome back to the Going the Distance podcast presented by ImmaculateSports.com. Twitter's at Sports. Instagram is also at Sports. TikTok, YouTube, Immaculate Sports. It's episode 133, and it's the full, in-depth MLB season preview. So I'm excited about this one. What are we going to yeah. be talking about, Kyle? We're going to be talking about a lot of things. We'll first off just do our normal openers and stuff like that and get through that. And then we'll head into divisions, playoff teams, awards, and a full postseason prediction as well for yes, you, sir. too. Also, uh, final really, four predictions at the end. Uh, that we didn't forget well about that. There. Yeah. Uh, not really going to do a halftime this week just because mm. there's a lot of stuff that we'll be talking about with baseball. So we'll just stick on the topic of that. And then, like Skyler mentioned, we'll we doing our final four picks at the end because our elite eight picks were not no. that good. <laughs> uh, but let's go ahead and get into uh, the openers. And I have the Wild West in the NBA, but I guess I could say the Wild West also in college basketball with a couple teams yeah. from the western part of the country being in the final four. Uh, but mainly I'm going to focus on the NBA uh, and at where we are right now. In the Western Conference is kind of crazy because in between seeds four and eleven, there's three and a half games. So I mean, the Suns are in the four spot, but they could technically move out of the play-in if they just completely collapsed here at the last few games of the season and a couple teams played really well. It's been really fun to watch though, this entire thing shake out. And as a Warriors fan, it's definitely been stressful. But I'm confident in our abilities to at least get into a playoff spot before the season reaches its end. But yeah, should be a fun week and a half, two weeks, how long the rest of the regular season goes uh, in the NBA. All right. Best thing I saw, World Baseball Classic Championship game. Japan unfortunately beats the United States, but it was an amazing game. It was three to two. Uh, Kyle and I were watching this one together. We were... uh, biting our nails the entire time. And and it sucks that we lost because I feel like we had the best team. But this is exactly what baseball needed. This tournament was so awesome. You know, guys like Lars Newtbar are at a million followers on Twitter and Instagram. You know, that's that's awesome. Uh, such a fun tournament. Everyone played great except for a couple of the pitchers from certain countries that we won't talk about. Um, but... I'm happy to have watched a lot of these games. It was great baseball, and I'm ready for the regular season now. Yeah, it's a great product uh, that we saw, global product on the field, whether yeah. it was in Japan or, or in the States over here in America. It was, it was definitely a fun uh, electric atmosphere that we saw uh, about a week ago now at this point. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the American Sports Player of, this, Player of the Week, we're keeping on that same topic, and we're just yeah. going to go ahead and pick Shohei Otani as our player of the week for his closing performance against the USA in that championship game, which included perhaps one of the most iconic baseball moments that we'll see over the next 10 to 15 years with him striking out Mike Trout, his MLB teammate to win the WBC. Pretty cool moment there. And yeah, uh, yeah congrats to Shohei Otani. Probably not Even as first an, uh, player of the week. Yeah. Probably not his last either. Probably not his last. Even as an American, that that gave me goosebumps for sure, Cal. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. 
Moving into our team reports, uh, like we were talking about, there really wasn't much football, but do you have anything that you want to talk about with the Jets? Or Yeah, um, so Joe Douglas and Robert Sala had their first press conference of the offseason, and they just wanted to make a couple things clear, that Aaron Rodgers is their guy, there's no second option, and they're getting closer every day, but the rumor is the Packers want a first-round pick, and we just want to give them two seconds. And uh, I'm sure if we wait this thing out, we'll eventually get it done. I don't think we'll have to give up a first, but who knows, man, maybe we, we get tired of playing this BS game. And uh, Joe Douglas also said they are interested in two guys right now. Calais Campbell coming for a visit this week and Odell Beckham too. They're interested in not Zeke Elliott though, which I'm fine with. We got running backs. Uh, so that's exciting, man. I just, I can't wait to get Aaron Rodgers officially going. That'll be exciting. Yeah. yeah. Not as exciting stuff for the Raiders, yeah. but uh, with the owner or GM meetings, whatever that is that they have in, was that Miami or is that in like LA? I'm not remember. sure, but uh, they have that meeting every single year and we always get that coach's picture where yeah, yeah. they're all in just casual wear and it looks really awkward. But that's besides the point. Uh, McDaniels and Ziegler were both press conferenced at those meetings and uh, they said that they would be willing to draft a QB high uh, despite picking up Jimmy Garoppolo on a three-year deal, uh, which is good to see because they know that Jimmy G is not going to be the long-term guy. And that's what we needed them to know as fans in order for us to have a chance at really doing anything in the next however many years, especially with the, you know, Patrick Mahomes being in our division. That's a tough uh, one. <laughs> yeah. One last thing before we get into where's your head at. Brett told me to shout out Eric Carlson for his Norse trophy candidacy or whatever. He's had a great season for the Sharks. So there's that. Uh, Sharks suck, though. So nothing He's to the only that. guy left, I believe. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Let's go ahead and get into where's your head at with our full in-depth MLB oh, season. Yeah. Preview will be going division by division first, uh, kind of giving our ranking throughout that. Then we'll go into the playoff teams who made the playoffs, who won the division. Well, I guess you'll find out the division when we do uh, divisions, of course. Uh, then we'll get into awards, and then we'll get into the postseason and our World Series, our World Series MVP, all that stuff. So, yeah, ALE Skyler, who is finishing last? in the American League East Division this year. I have the Orioles at the bottom here. I think they're almost there. Last year was awesome, but give the prospects a full year of service time, and they'll be ready next year. Yeah. I, I also want to say something about this division yeah. before we get into it. I feel like this is probably the most deep division. Mm -hmm. It might not have the best oh, yeah. team at the top. Yeah, Orioles but... might be, be at 84 wins in last place. It's possible. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you good, Kyle? Oh, well, I guess Kyle's mic is falling out. We'll give him a second here. Uh, but, yeah, I got Baltimore at the bottom. And uh, once we get to the next team, I'll explain a little bit more, more why. All righty. Sorry about that little mic cutout situation there. But we're back, and we were talking about the fifth best team in the AL East. And I'm going with the Red Sox here. I know you went with the Orioles, but I think yeah. the Red Sox might be a little bit worse than them this year. I think they had a very interesting offseason where they kind of brought in a ton of guys, and a lot of guys left is the main thing, though. Yeah. Uh, Bogarts, Eovaldi, two of the best, most consistent players on their team are gone. I know they brought in Kenley, 
uh, uh, Corey Kluber, presumably their opening day starter. Obviously, Brian Masa, Taka Yoshida, uh, Adam Duvall, a couple other guys too. But it's just not going to outweigh the losses that they had comparative to the guys that they brought in. On to number four. Number four, I have the Red Sox. And I agree. I think Baltimore is a little better. But I think this schedule change where you're playing more interleague games is going to help the Red Sox more. You know, I feel like in the National League, um, the lineups just aren't as good as the average American League team, if you if that makes any sense to you. And I feel like, uh, you know, bringing in Yoshida and some other, even, you know, uh, Justin Turner when he doesn't have a big hole in his face. They're going to be good. And, I, 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 you know, even the Orioles in, in fifth could win 84-something games. This could be a great division. Mm-hmm. So, Boston four. Yeah. I, I went with the O's at number four. Uh, I don't really like the guys that they brought in this offseason. Kyle Gibson, Adam Frazier, James McCann. They didn't really improve at a lot of spots, but the spots that they're going to improve the most is just the progression of At Lee and Gunnar Henderson mm-hmm. and – Mountcastle, Cedric Mullins, Anthony Santander continues to continue to keep on going. Uh, they're not going to be a playoff team in my eyes, but they could win probably 84 to uh, probably 87 games max in, in, uh, in the season. Moving on to number three. Number three, I got Tampa Bay. The pitching needs to stay healthy. And uh, it's already kind of failed here with the glass now injury so early in spring. Uh, and they haven't had a healthy pitching staff since – they were in the World Series, but no one's smarter than the Rays. They're going to stick around, and I have them in the three spot right now. We'll talk about playoffs later. Yeah, for the Rays, it's I also have them in my three spot, and they're just a team that doesn't go away. You know, they might not win 100 games, but they're not going to lose 80 games either. They're probably yeah. going to be somewhere around 90 and 72, 92 and 70, somewhere around there, uh, and that's due to their depth. They don't really have a spot or they are lacking uh, at all. They're not going to be at the top of the league, you know, in any specific category, but they're not going to be in that bottom third for pretty much anything. And uh, I think that's probably going to be enough to get them to probably 90 wins this year. Moving on to number two, the runner up in the NLE or AL East. Yeah. I got the Yankees here. It's going to be a close race, but so many injuries already for the Yankees, Severino, Bader, Rodon, Canely, Trevino. It's going to be tough to catch up to the blue Jays. And, uh, they're my guys this year. You know, spoiler, they're number one, of course, but we'll get into that in a sec. Yeah, I, I also have the Yankees at number two as well. I think uh, the injuries is probably the main thing of why they're at number two. If Montas and you know all the other pitchers are healthy, they probably could be number one here. Uh, but number two is a safe spot to put them with the division and where they're at right now. Yep. Uh, it's going to be a fun team, though. Uh, Volpe is going to be up at the beginning of the season, and I assume we'll probably – see Peraza and all those guys come up later on or, or not some Dominguez rumors too. make some impact in the big leagues throughout the season, whether on the opening day roster or not. Uh, But the Yankees probably around 94 to 97 would be my guess. Yeah. Moving on to the, the Jays, the number one team in the AL East. It's time to lock in for the blue Jays. I've said it multiple times. I thought last year was going to be their year. Yankees kind of stole it from them. So this is the year so much potential. I mean, uh, and bringing in Chris Bassett, Brandon Bell, Dalton Varsho, They're going to be really good this year. Alec Manoa is going to be getting Cy Young votes too. 
Yeah, with with the Blue Jays last year, I think what what happened to them is that they just I don't know, something that they expected to be a for sure thing didn't really go as a for sure thing. Mm-hmm. And I know Bo Bichette turned it on beginning or at the end of the year, but he was he was struggling in the early part of the season and Vlad was great, but he wasn't the MVP candidate that he mm-hmm. was the year before and Jose Barrios didn't work out at all. Kikuchi didn't work out at all. I know Gosman was a big ad last year, but some of the other guys just didn't work out too well. This year, things should be fine. I'm not banking on it happening again with them. They should be a team that should win 100 games up there in Canada and win the AL East. So let's move on yes, to sir. the AL Central now, a.k.a. probably the second <laughs> most mid-division. Yeah. Uh, number five, going with the Tigers. They're not going to be good. The biggest addition was bringing back Matthew Boyd, who only threw 13 innings last year for Seattle. Uh, I think the biggest story here is if Riley Green, Torque, and El Mago can avoid the massive slumps they had last year and uh, try to have some fun, but they're at the bottom. Yeah, it, I also have the Tigers here too. I think the guys that were supposed to come up the year before and the year mm-hmm. before that that have just been injury plagued or haven't worked out has been just amounting continuously, whether it's been Matt Manning, Tariq Skubal faced an injury, Spencer Turnbull, Casey Mize and Spencer Turkelson and Riley Green kind of getting hurt at the beginning of last year too, kind of set off the rest of the, the season. This team's window just didn't work out the way that we thought it could. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously it could open up and everything just goes back to normal and they win maybe 80 games this year as their absolute top ceiling. But this team I'm probably expecting somewhere between 62 to 65 moving on to number four, the Royals. They're more ready than Detroit. I feel like more of their young guys have gotten over the, the curve of hitting in the major leagues, you know, and now they're, they're in the middle of the lineup, you know, Bobby Witt, Vinny and, and MJ Melendez. They're ready. And the pitching wasn't mm-hmm. bad last season. Singer, Brad Keller, and uh, some really fun additions too, like Framil Reyes and Araldis Chapman should be fun to watch. Yeah, they're, they're going to be an interesting team because they just, beside in their lineup, it's Vinny, Bobby, Salvador, and probably MJ too. But yeah. besides that, it's just not, it's not a good roster as far as hitting goes. They're, they're pitching. I feel like they have a lot of depth, but yeah. they're not top heavy at all. They don't have really, I mean, Singer is a, a solid guy that you have at the top of the rotation. But besides that, it's really not much. Uh, but look at Bobby and Vinny Pasquantino to really, really break out this year and I'm not picking them as my breakout guys, but they could definitely be all-star candidates once we get to you yeah. know midsummer. Let's move on, on to number three. Let's move on to the white Sox. They need to find a way Kyle to not go 81 and 81. Uh, that would be a disaster. They need to find some kind of identity. Moncada and, and Luis Robert raked in the WBC, but they got to carry that over. You know, or else everyone's getting moved next year and they're going to start the rebuild because they can't go 500 again. That's not going to work. This division's not that good. You got to figure it out. Yeah. Number three, uh, I went with the Twins and their oh, brand okay. new okay. jerseys that they have. Uh, I like this team. I picked them last year to be coming to my sleeper team and make the playoffs. Uh, this year, I'm not falling for the same trap. Uh, I like some of the players that they got on their team. I like the move going for Pablo Lopez, but I hate that you gave up Louisa rise to go get him. And I know you have a ton of guys in that fringe farm system, big league type guy where you have Jose Miranda and Royce Lewis and Alex Killeroff and Trevor Larnack that kind of makes a guy like Louisa rise expendable. But I just, 
I don't know. Louise rise is a guy that's going to be so good if he was on a playoff team. And I know Miami isn't, isn't that, and we'll probably get into that later, but they're just not enough. Uh, and I'll say that even with bringing back Correa. So the twins fit in, in the middle okay. of the roster in probably the most mid division of all time. <laughs> Moving on to number two in the division. All right. Number two, I have the twins above the white Sox. I think a healthy twins team is just as good as Cleveland. The problem is they've never been healthy, uh, but as of today, they are March 28th. They're all healthy. So I have them at number two. They're kind of the anti Cleveland, you know, lineup that only hits for power, but Correa coming back Buxton. Uh, I, I, I like Gallo. I'm, I think with the shift rules, it's possible. He hits for a better average gets on base a little bit more, and that's kind of all he needs to work on. And Pablo Lopez, like you said, they're going to try to play upset this season. Yeah. For number two for me, I'm going with the White Sox. Uh, this team, if everything goes right for them, they can be World Series contenders because uh, they have the pitching, they have the lineup, but you just know it's the White Sox. Things aren't going to go right. Guys are going to get hurt, and people are going to disappoint. So I went the White Sox at two. I like Ben attending coming into their lineup because yeah. it kind of just pieces together a spot between like Eloy and Louie Bob. And I like the pitching a lot too. If everybody stays healthy, don't see, I mean, Louis, not Louise, Lucas Giolito, all those guys that they have over there it can be a dangerous squad, mm-hmm. but it's the White Sox. So why put them high, you know? <laughs> On to number one with the Cleveland Guardians. Yeah, the Guardians at the top once again. Uh, not a lot of moving pieces, and they all have playoff experience now. So they should be dangerous. Nasty pitching led by Shane Bieber. A full lineup of guys who get on base. And Jimenez, I was right about to type out how he he might not be coming back. He's going to get extended. They just said it. So, so good for Jimenez. Um, kind of a breakout guy last year, and Guardians should be able to run it back at the top of the Central. Yeah, I, I fell in love with this Guardians team last year. I think they have a lot of parts that just make it a fun, smooth baseball team to watch. They field well, they run the bases well. You know, they might not hit for a ton of power, but they do the little things right, and that what makes that's what made them fun to watch last year. They didn't really make a ton of moves, but the one move that they really did make with bringing in Josh Bell was something that I really loved because it pieces their lineup together where they have that four or five hitter that can hit bombs hit three run homers, drive guys in from second, third, first base, whatever base that they're on. And he's probably going to be a guy that has, you know, 85 to 95 RBIs this year. And then the pitching is solid. And I know Tristan McKenzie is going to be on the IL to start the year. He should be back. Not super long. Uh, mm-hmm. And the bullpen shut down with Karen Jack and Classe at the back end. So the guardians probably going to win more games than last year and win the division again this year. Uh, moving on to the AEO West. Talk about the number five team. Yeah, it's going to be the ace. Unfortunately. Uh, I just hope our young guys play well. The A's aren't going to be winning anything for at least a couple of years, but you can't deny they've been great at developing their prospects over the last 20 years. So I just hope they have some fun and we kind of figure out who belongs there and who doesn't. Yeah. Uh, I have the A's finishing last as well, too, unfortunately. 
but it's going to be a lot more exciting of a 65 win year than it was last year because we don't have the old guys that were kind of of the prior generation that were kind of just still there holding spots until we made a trade or whatever happened to to get those spots filled and now it's primarily young guys and this roster it's got some spots where there's some uncertainties and you can kind of see a guy break out uh, and kind of come into his own but it's just not the team as a whole is not there yet so probably you know 62 to 67 wins would be my guess for the squad and uh, finishing last in the AL West moving on to number four number four I had the Rangers I feel like they've done everything well on paper to be a contender, but I just don't trust them yet. DeGrom went healthy, one of the best we've ever seen, and a lineup full of all-stars. But they're just not very deep. And when they start losing guys to days off and injuries, that's where it hurts them, and that's where the Angels have the advantage right now. Yeah, th- this this team kind of reminds me of the Angels off seasons in the past few years where they sign the big fish, but they kind of yeah. lose out on the guys that really make their team good. The good thing for the Rangers, though, is that they have a farm system that is mm-hmm. really, really good. And so they can propel into being a team that is relevant in the postseason race come September, October, whatever it may be. Uh, but I don't think it's going to happen this year. Uh, so I have them finishing fourth in the division, whether they have DeGrom or not for the entire years one thing i don't see him being super good uh, especially with the rest of the division besides them besides the a's i guess being mm-hmm. a pretty strong team in the, in the al moving on to number three this is likely going to be the angels last dance with otani and they've actually made some pretty smart moves this year too i like tyler anderson who pitched well for the other la team uh renfro drury or shella infielders that you can trust that's a good thing to have, especially when uh, Rendon has barely been playing. So they're above Texas right now. I like them. Yeah, I really like this Angels team, too. I also have them finished in third, and I absolutely love what they did this offseason. With the Angels, it's always been they had the one through four, but they didn't have the six through nine guys that really made a good team a good team. And now they do. Drury. Urshela, Hunter Renfro, Taylor Ward's obviously back, but he's a guy who's still there at this point. Uh, David Fletcher, Anthony Rendon, if he's healthy, Jared Walsh, Luis Renifo, who had a solid season last year. This team is going to be able to hit the ball. It just matters if they have the bullpen that can do it and the end of the back end of the rotation that can do it too. And I think that's probably going to be the part where they fall apart considering what the Mariners and the Astros have in those spots. So Give me the Angels at three, but I wouldn't be shocked if this team finds a way into the playoffs. On to number two. Number two, the Mariners. I've been seeing some Mariners slander on Twitter. I don't know if that's just my section of Twitter or everyone's been seeing it, but don't forget, these guys won a playoff series last year. They added some guys to the get on base. Teoscar Hernandez is going to crush this year. Uh, Colton Wong, AJ Pollock. It's it's a lot better than what they had, and it uh, looks like Kellnick's going to get one more shot before Tommy Listella takes his job. And we know how great Tommy Listella is in those kind of roles, like stealing the show. So I'm kind of excited for that narrative. But Seattle's going to be just fine. Yeah, I think the thing is with Seattle is in some parts of the year they didn't really have the the guys that tied their lineup together, and I think bringing in Teoscar Hernandez and Colton Wong to probably probably at the lower part of the lineup, but kind of set the table for the top guys 
really makes their lineup a, a force this year, whether it's with Eugenio Suarez, Ty France, J-Rod, or the other guys I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. This, this lineup is pretty good, and their pitching is what's going to make them probably one of the better teams in the AL yeah. with their starting rotation and their back end of the bullpen that is absolutely stellar. Uh, so give me the Mariners at two. We all know that the division is going to be tough for them to get because of the reigning World Series champs and probably our 2023 AOS champs too. Yeah. The Houston Astros. Yeah. The Astros, like you said, the defending champs, they're going to try to run it back. Uh, never happened before, but sorry, it has happened before. Hasn't happened since the Yankees. In a while. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, but yeah, they're, they're bringing in Jose Abreu. They got number one prospect, Hunter Brown, with uh, looks like he's going to be in the rotation because of injuries. Uh, and, and that's maybe why they don't get the one seed or maybe why they don't run it back because Altuve, McCullers, and Brantley are going to miss at least a month. Um, so, you know, slow start could prevent a 100-plus one season, but they're going to win the West. I, I have the Astros as the number one team, too. And I think with this team is that whether it's Springer that's been gone, whether it's been Correa that's gone, who's seen like that, you know, that, I don't know, just like the the glue and the, the leader within that clubhouse, they've been fine without him. They fucking won the World Series last yeah. year. Of course, yeah, bringing in Kyle Tucker and Jordan Alvarez to kind of, you know, supplement those spots was really a big part of that to make them the team that they are. But this team is going to be just fine. Hunter Brown is going to be not Justin Verlander, but he'll be pretty damn good. And then Luis Garcia, Framber Valdez, Christian Javier is just. Yeah, this team is the reason why they won the World Series last year. So uh, give me the Astros at the number one spot, despite some of the injuries that they're going to have to weather in the beginning part of the season. Let's go to the NL. And let's start off with. uh, Let me guess the the Washington Nationals. Uh, Yes, sir. Washington Nationals, they're going to be very bad at the bottom of the East. They're still trying to figure out who belongs. And uh, Kiebert Ruiz got that big extension. Josiah Gray, Mackenzie Gore, they're trying to develop into aces. And Joey Manessis hitting bombs are going to be the big storylines this season. But that's about it, honestly. Yeah, for the Washington Nationals, this team is not going to be good. The young guys are going to be fun to watch, whether it's C.J. Abrams, mm. Mackenzie Gore, maybe if we see like Robert Hassel or somebody like that get called up, that'll be fun. But besides that, this team sucks. They don't really have any, you know, fun spots to them besides that. All right. Yeah. So uh, Nationals at the bottom. That seems like an obvious one. Yeah. Moving on to number four now. Who do you got here? Marlins at four. I, I'm I'm pretty content with the order of the East. I feel like it's going to be very similar to last year. And unfortunately for the Marlins, they're not better than than these other teams. Uh, they're going to be another fun team to watch. But unfortunately, they're kind of stuck in National League purgatory here. Uh, Jazz and Sandy are going to be great. They're going to do their thing. Luis Arias is pretty good. They completely revamped the pen. But it's just not enough to make a run in the East. Just the little things, you know, like... Max Meyer, their top pitching prospect, possibly getting the five start this year, but Tommy John at the end of last season. So uh, that required a a Coito signing to be the five starter. They're going to be fighting for 500. Yeah, this Marlins team is kind of just going to be in the same spot that they've been in the past 10 years where it's, you know, they got some fun pieces, but they're going to be mediocre. They Mm -hmm. have 
the reigning Cy Young. They have the AL batting champ last year, and they have the cover of MLB The Show. And somehow they're still not going to find a way to be over 500. So give me the Marlins at four. Now to the big guys. Who do you have at number yeah. three? Number three, I got the Phillies. Trey Turner, big addition this year. He's going to be great. But Harper's out for half the year with Tommy John. And uh, I'm predicting a slow start again. Uh, they're still not going to play much defense, but the lineup is still good. They're going to hit for a lot of power. And the sneaky signing of Taiwan Walker to replace Zach Eflin, I like. It's going to keep him around. Yeah, I also have the Phillies at 5-2. I think uh, they kind of addressed the needs that they had in the offseason where they went out and got Taiwan Walker and Greg Kimbrell yeah. and Gregory Soto to kind of you know tie in that bullpen together. Their lineup is going to be good. But now without Reese Hoskins and without Bryce mm. Harper, Harper for the beginning part of the season, it's going to be Hoskins. for the little bit. But if they find a way in the playoffs with the guys that they have, you know this team can be a force to be reckoned with. And uh, uh, so just got to find a way in. That's all they got to do. And they might be able to do that with the three spot in the NL East. Moving on to number two in the NL East. I got the Metropolitans at the two spot here. Uh, Edwin Diaz, the trumpet man, out for the season is heartbreaking. It's going to cost them a couple wins, but they're going to stay in second because Steve Cohen did his job replacing guys. DeGrom left. They got Verlander and Cody Senga. They're going to be just fine. We're probably going to see their top prospect, Alvarez, the catcher at some point. Another fun team to watch because even when they go down, they love spending money. So the spot's always filled. Exactly. Uh, yeah, for the Mets, I have them finish in second too. I think Edwin Diaz will probably hit the loss of him will probably be enough to, you mm -hmm. know, make them not win the division, but the guys that they have with the rest of the roster are so good. And I think what's, I guess, okay, for the lack of a better term about losing Edwin Diaz is that the easiest spot to go find stuff at the trade deadline or before the trade deadline is relieving pitching and go in mm -hmm. and get a closer who's having a good year is not going to be something hard to do especially if you're the Mets yeah. and the guys that they have in their system so the Mets will be fine they're just probably not going to win the division uh, which isn't the end of the world on to number one number one is the Braves <sighs> big move was adding Sean Murphy but this lineup is is so nuts already. I mean, Michael Harris is going to be an MVP candidate. He, he's going to have a shot at a 30-30 season. Spencer Strider is amazing. I mean, if he's doing that, 200 strikeouts in his first year, I mean, he could have a DeGrom-type ceiling. We could see him ranked in the top 10 when MLB Network does their rankings next year. Uh, but a lot of injuries. Wright, Soroka, Iglesias are already out for a long time. Uh, and Madzik, you know, out with Tommy John. That's pretty much the only bad thing with the Braves right now. So they're going to win the division. Yeah, I think we'll be saying the Braves win the division probably for the next eight years. That, does that sound yeah. about right? Uh -huh. uh, because that's how the Braves are. They're young, they're good. And, you know, like we've seen so many times, they've locked up their own so consistently. Yeah. This team is going to be completely okay because – you know, even last year when they lost Freddie Freeman, they, you know, just had Michael Harris and Spencer Strider appear out of nowhere and become two of the best players in all of the MLB. So, uh, yeah, give me the Braves at the top of the division. Moving on to now probably the midst of the mid, the NL yeah. Central. 
Skyler, who is the five seed, the worst team in worst division? I think the worst team's the Reds. Also going to be very bad. Just had to mention that. But when your your big signing of the offseason is Will Myers, it's it's not going to go well for you. Uh, the Reds are just hoping Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo, Jonathan India, Tyler Stevenson, the young guys, can stay healthy, become all-stars. And if it comes to this point, uh, be able to be traded for for more prospects and start over, unfortunately. Uh, so sorry, Reds fans. Yeah. Uh, number five for me is not going to be the Reds. It's going to okay. be the Pittsburgh Pirates. This roster sucks. Uh, they have a couple bright spots, you know, bringing back McCutcheon. Brian Reynolds is still the, there, whether he wants to be there or not. And O'Neill Cruz is obviously a pretty polarizing guy in the big leagues. Uh, but McCutcheon's old. He's not an MVP anymore. Brian Reynolds doesn't want to be in Detroit. And the sad truth of O'Neill Cruz is that he's going to hit 230. And I know he's going to have an OPS that's good. And he's going to hit homers. And he's going to steal bases. And he's going to make some exciting plays on defense. But he's just not Superman. And he can't fix the Pirates because their pitching sucks. And, uh, yeah, they're going to finish last in the worst division in baseball. So on to number four. So I have the Pirates at number four. You talked about Brian Reynolds, but I'm thinking if they don't want to move him, then he's got to play, right? He's not going to sit out. And as of right now, they they don't want to trade him. Plus McCutcheon coming back is a big thing for the locker room. I mean, you just look at some of these signings, 43-year-old Rich Hill. This doesn't seem like a team that's mailing it in. This seems like a team that's trying to figure their shit out, you know, Uh, especially Henry Davis, number one pick. Probably going to see him this year. Uh, I got him over the Reds. The reason why I don't have the Reds, or the reason why I have the Reds over the Pirates at the number four spot is because in hopefully 40% of their games, they're going to be starting either Nick Lodolo or Hunter Green. And if things work out like that, they should be able to win at least, you know, 60 to 70% of those games that those guys start. Besides that, they're going to suck. Every three, four, five starter, whoever's starting is not going to be as good as those two guys. But if they turn out the way that we expect them to, those two games, they're going to be a tough team to beat. So... You know, the rest of the team isn't good. Jonathan India, Tyler Stevenson are fun, some fun pieces. Joey Votto is still there. But, uh, yeah, this team outside of those two guys is not going to be that good. Uh, but they'll be better than the Pirates in my mind. Okay. On to number three. Number three, I got the Cubs right in the middle. Uh, they got significantly better with some big signings. Swanson and Taiwan, uh, Jamison Taiwan on big deals this year, and even some some prove-it deals like Ballinger, Edwin Rios, Michael Fulmer. So I feel like they're going to make a run at the division, and it'll be a, a close, fun race to the top for most of the season. But I predict they're going to fall apart at some point. Number three for me is not going to be the Cubs. It's going to be the Milwaukee Brewers, and that's because I think their offense is absolutely terrible. I know Garrett Mitchell's coming up, and Bryce Terang is right around the corner, but the rest of their guys are just not good. They're pitching, you know, Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, Freddie Peralta. I know you love Aaron Ashby, so I'll mention his name. Uh, they'll be a good group. But the Cubs made a ton of improvements, and I think it's going to be enough improvements for them to get by the Brewers this year. On to number okay. two. So number two, I do have the Brewers ahead of the Cubs. And I agree, the lineup's really confusing right now. But they have a lot of power. They brought in Winker, William Contreras, um, 
the prospects, like you said, Garrett Mitchell's a big breakout contender, not mine, but he's a guy to keep, keep a watch on. And, uh, yeah, Aaron Ashby is my guy, but he keeps getting hurt. So they signed Wade Miley to be the five starter. That's an awesome rotation. Oh, Kyle, Kyle's laughing at me right now. You don't like Wade Miley? He played in this division, pitched in this division for years. So I'm not out on the Brewers yet. Uh, I'm going with the Cubs at number two. I'll just go ahead and move on from the Brewers and not talk about them for the rest <laughs> of the day. Uh, but the Cubs, they spent a lot of money this year. It might have not been in all of the right places, but I think they signed some guys that will definitely up their win total this year. And I think, uh, you know, Dansby Swanson being the new shortstop is a pretty good addition. Cody Bellinger is obviously a guy that can end up coming back to being himself. Eric Hosmer's not the flashiest guy anymore, but he's still a guy who's going to be above average uh, on both sides of the ball. Uh, Trey Mancini is a fun player, and I think the Wrigley fans will absolutely love him. Uh, Tyon Stroman, Hayden Wisniewski is going to be a fun trio at the top of the rotation. And uh, I like the Cubs to be over 500. Besides that, okay. I don't like them much more than that. Uh, moving on to the number one spot. God, mm-hmm. all these division winners are pretty obvious. Uh, St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah, uh, I think Goldie and Arenado are the best players in this division by far, if you're not counting Corbin Burns, I guess. Um, but the young guys are ready to go, too, at the perfect time. Jordan Walker and Nolan Gorman look really good. I mean, I mentioned Newpar earlier. He's Thanks to the WBC, he's very well known now. And um, watching him break out will be a, an interesting story. So they're going to be just fine until the playoffs. Um, they don't score a whole lot of runs despite having those two guys at the top. So it, it might be a closer race than we think. But the Cardinals will make the playoffs. I think the Cardinals are going to cruise to a division win here. Their their lineup is going to be so deep. Having Jordan Walker on the score. Uh, and I know you mentioned all these guys, but there's still Brendan Donovan and Nolan Gorman and Tommy Edmond and Alec Burleson and Tyler O'Neill, Dylan Carlson, all these dudes that just like, like, oh, that guy could be an all-star. He could be an all-star. He could be an all-star. They all won't, of course, because yeah. that's how things work. You're not going to have 20 all-stars. But all these guys have that potential. Uh, the only thing that worries me about this team as far as like a postseason run is their starting pitching. And if things work out where guys are healthy and Adam Wainwright gets 20 years younger, then they could be, you know, World Series contenders. Uh, but Jack Flaherty hasn't been in a couple years. And Adam Wainwright is now 40 years old and throws an 87-mile-an-hour fastball. And he's and hurt. hurt. <laughs> year too. So uh, I'd like them to win the division. But you'll see where I have them in – as far as a uh, postseason yeah. race and all that goes, let's go ahead and get into our last division now, the NL West. The Rockies finished the last scatter. Yes, How about that. Uh, the Rockies always hit well, but the rotation is so bad, and some of the guys they actually do have who aren't horrific pitchers are hurt already. Uh, you know, the Rocks are kind of fucked right now. To be honest with you, uh, I, I like Profar. Connor Siebold from Fullerton picked up to be a five starter because he got waived by Boston, uh, which doesn't make sense really. But uh, they shouldn't have signed Chris Bryant, man. It's going to be a disaster. Yeah. Uh, steam is is not good. I'll just say that. Uh, they got Mike Moustakis now. Oh, that's a cool one. You know, the moose in Colorado. Yeah. That's that's pretty <laughs> fitting. Uh 
if you want to talk about something fun, Ezekiel Tovar should be a fun guy to watch this year. He's going to steal a ton of bases, play a great shortstop, and you know might hit some home runs since he's playing in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the team is not going to be good. And I think this division for pretty much every other team is, you know, the Giants are mediocre and the rest are on the rise. So uh, the Rockies will not be heard of for a while, and maybe they might get relegated to AAA here in a couple years. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to number four. Number four, I'm sorry, Kyle. I have the Diamondbacks. They're really close, but they're not ready yet. They're still about okay, Kyle. You're really pissed, but you got to hear me out here, man. You got to hear Kyle is is heated at me. But hear me out, please. They're still about five trades away, in my opinion, of going on that run. There's too many vets on the roster, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. The prospects will slowly take over for the Longorias, Mad Bums, Nick Ahmeds of the of the the world, but I think that process is going to take a year and a half, not in July. So that's why I still have them at fourth, you know, luckily Colorado's there. So uh, they're going to get some wins. They're going to look good. The young guys will have their opportunities, but it's just not the time yet. They they got a lot of roster reconstruction to go. And I don't think people want to talk about that. They're just excited about the young guys. So go ahead, Kyle. Number four is the Giants. They are mid. Uh, they missed out on Arson Judge and Carlos Correa, and they got stuck with Mitch Hanniger, who I like. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, did they sign an infield guy? Uh, no, just no, AAA guys. Yeah, yeah. so uh, Giants, man, 75 to probably 82 wins as, as a ceiling, I'd say. Number three. Okay. So I got the Giants a couple games over Arizona here. Uh, like you said, Hanniger and Conforto to help the outfield, but it, it's not it's not great. They should have a couple more guys here uh, that they don't. They should be around 500, and uh, it's a nice rotation. But the division's really tough. I, I guess in my opinion, I think some guys like David VR, who are just coming up from AAA, are, who hit a lot of homers, are going to be enough to be around 500. So that's why I have the giants at, uh, at number three, but don't, don't get it twisted, Kyle. I don't think they're a great team or anything like that. Number three, my favorite MLB TV team of the year, <laughs> the Arizona diamondbacks. They played a lot better ball at the beginning or at the end of last year. And I think that's going to carry over into this year. And I absolutely, love this roster so much starting from the top Zach Gallen bonafide ace you know how good he was at the beginning at the end of last year and no reason why that's not going to carry over into next year they have veterans in the staff as in Madison Bumgarner and Merrill Kelly and then they have the the bullpen that they kind of were lacking last year picking up Miguel Castro and Andrew Chafin guys like that who kind of just round out a bullpen and make you deeper than what you think you might be the lineup I am in love with Carson Kelly, Gabriel Moreno, the man, the backstop is going to be a great duo this year. Gabriel Moreno should break mm-hmm. out. I hope he breaks out the infielders, Catal Marte, Christian Walker, Josh Rojas, Nick Ahmed, Evan Longoria, solid group, you know, led by Catal Marte and Christian Walker hit 36 bombs last year. You might not hit that many this year, but probably, you know, write them in for 30. They're outfielders though. One of the most out, exciting outfield group in the entire MLB. And I know Skyler's looking at me like I'm crazy, but I'm not because you're going to watch this team and you're going to absolutely love them too. Because okay. if Kyle Lewis is healthy, he 
was the rookie of the year in 2020. No reason why if he's healthy, he won't get back to that. Jake McCarthy absolutely rakes super fucking fast. He's going to be fun to watch. Uh, Lourdes Gurriel, who they got in the trade uh, for Darlene Varsho, Varsho, is solid. You know, he's a good sure. third outfielder, and he's in the probably in the middle of the order. Alec Thomas is a uh, is a pretty exciting guy, and Skyler, am I forgetting someone? Is there an outfield guy that I am forgetting that I haven't talked about? Yeah. Oh yeah, the guy's pretty Just fast. The fastest man in baseball, <laughs> Corbin Carroll, who is going to go thirty for thirty, not this year, next year. Okay. But he's going <laughs> to hit twenty homers. He's going to steal forty bags. He's going to have an eight fifty OPS. He's going to play Gold Glove defense. This guy is going to be so exciting, and he is going to be the face of the Arizona Diamondbacks, who will not make the playoffs in 2023, yeah. but will win probably 85 to 87 games and okay. be my favorite team uh, that are not named the A's. All right. Thank you, Kyle. On a number two. That was great. Uh, number two is the Dodgers. The Dodgers always find a way, but it's been tough so far. The unfortunate injury luck. Lux's injury was horrific to watch um so it'll be a combination of miggy rojas chris taylor maybe another prospect stepping up to play shortstop walker bueller already is recovering from tommy john he's not gonna be back so it looks like uh, ryan pepio will be the five starter and just uh, that kind of stuff just makes me think that they're not going to get it done in the regular season against the padres they're going to be a couple games behind so that's why they're two i also have the dodgers at two uh, this roster, they lost a lot, but they have one of the best farm systems in all of baseball, mm-hmm. and they'll make up for it completely. Uh, just the Padres got a lot better, in my opinion. So Dodgers probably going to be around, I'd want to say, probably 95 to 100 games again this year uh, just because of the depth that they have, man. It's it's crazy. You just yeah. look at the roster again. It's it's like the Cardinals where you just go, oh, you know, this guy could be all-star good. This guy could be all-star good. Uh, obviously, again, and they won't all be all-stars, but a couple of them will. Uh, so give me the Dodgers at two. Probably still going to be a great team. And, uh, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, I'm probably going to be wrong here. I think they, they could probably win the division. They could. Uh, on to number one, though. Yeah, the Padres, man. Uh, Machado's extended, so he's happy. Bogart's got the bag. He's happy. Tatis finally looking good in right field. Juan Soto destroyed the ball in the WBC. And the pitching's way overdue for a great regular season. And a great postseason. So they're the team to watch in the National League this year. They're probably the most dangerous. Yeah, it's this team is uh, is really, really complete. I'll say that. I think uh, they made some interesting moves in the offseason that are now kind of making sense to me. Uh, Nelson Cruz coming in is a big one. Matt Carpenter's yeah. coming in. Uh, and kind of just rounding out the the back end of the rotation as well as in the middle part of the bullpen is something that they focused on in the offseason. And I think the Padres probably have a, a year where they can go from 98 to like 106 victories if, yeah. if things work out well. And, you know, Tatis comes back and he's playing the way that he was before he got suspended and got hurt. So uh, give me the Padres as the number one team in the NL West. Let's go ahead and get into our playoff teams now. Yeah. Just the seeding. I guess we'll start back in the AL. Who will be the number one team in all of the AL? The best division winner. 
I got the Blue Jays. I got them a couple games over Houston because of their slow start. And I could be completely wrong here, but uh, I think the Blue Jays are ready. We talked about their uh, their hot streak at the end of the season, and maybe they can do it at the beginning this year. I went with the Strohs. I can't pick against Houston after they lost two of the best players that they've had in franchise history and still won the World Series last year. So uh, Houston number yep. one on to number two. Yeah, Houston at number two, not very far behind. Uh, I don't like Houston, but they're very good. Number two for me is going to be where I put the Blue Jays. Uh, win the division in the East, probably going to be around 100 games too. So uh, give me them at number two. And then the worst division winner. It's Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah. I like Cleveland. <laughs> But they're probably going to be not as good as Houston or Toronto. So uh, give me them at three. What mm-hmm. about the best non-division winning team in the AL, a.k.a. the top wildcard spot? Going to be the Mariners. Try to run it back. They're better than they were last year, and they won a playoff series. Before. Number four for me is going to be where I put the Yankees. Uh, good roster, just a lot of injuries. Probably hold them off from winning the division. So give me them at four. Number five. Yeah, at five, I have the Yankees, but four is playing five, so essentially the same matchup for us, I'm pretty sure, here. Yankees, Mariners. Yeah, I, I have the Mariners at five, too. Just uh, the only thing that's different about that, I guess, would be that they switch locations. And playing in the Bronx compared to, you know, Seattle yeah. is a bit different. Uh, we'll see how that weighs out once we get through our playoff predictions. But give me Seattle at five. Uh, and then number six. Number six, I got the Angels over Tampa, man. I, I I like the the last ride here with Shohei, and this is like the only chance they have to keep him around. I think if they make the playoffs this year, so I have it. I, I want to change things up because I was I was getting too chalky on the American League side. I love it, Skyler, but I think chalk is nice sometimes. So uh, I went with the Rays at six. It's the exact same six playoff teams that made the playoffs last year, uh, but. You know, if that's how you think things are where you, things are going to go, then that's how it is. I'd probably have the Angels right outside and then the White Sox and okay. follow suit from there. Uh, moving on to the NL, though, the number one ranked team in the NL, Skyler, who do you got? I have the Braves over the Padres. I, as I think more about it, I might switch them, but uh, I'm just going to keep it for now. Braves, number one. They're so good. I also have the Braves at number one. They're too deep. Number two. Padres, these are the best two teams, and uh, possibly in the MLB, too, if, if uh, you think they're better than Houston. So, they're going to be at the top. I got the pods at, too. So, uh, yeah, they also get a buy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, number three. Cardinals, worst team. Unfortunately, they uh, they got to play the extra game in the wildcard series, but they're the Cardinals, man. They're ready. They got bets. Yeah, Cardinals cruise to uh, the number three spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably will have that spot clenched in like mid-September or something. Yeah. Uh, number four, the best wild card. I got the Mets. They're going to be a game or two behind the Braves, so that should give them the top wild card spot. I also I have the Mets. Yeah, so number four there. Uh, number five. Uh, Doyers, number five. I've I, see him going closer to 94 wins instead of a hundred. So that'll give him the five spot. I have the Dodgers at number five, too. I think they could probably still be close to 
you know, 97 to 100. But uh, the Mets, I think, will probably be up there, too. So, uh, yeah, I just had them slightly above that. Number six. Uh, Philly. Here. Yeah. 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 Uh, they they won't have the, the 95 plus wins, but they're a really good team. So they'll find a way. Yeah. I also have the Phillies here. Uh, rounding out my sixth spot, which makes every single team that was in the playoffs last year be in the playoffs this year for me. So kind of boring, but, but one different. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 tough to take guys out with, especially just how the league is right mm-hmm. now. Uh, but let's go ahead before we do our playoff predictions. We'll get into our awards, starting um, yeah. off. With the MVP of the American League, Skyler, who do you have here? Shohei Otani. He's going to win it yeah. again. Um, I, you know, last year I had him as my bust because I thought there was no way he could repeat what he did his MVP season, but I, I was very wrong. So I'm never going to doubt him again. He's my MVP. Uh, it's going to be a close race in the AL. Jordan and Trout are going to hit a lot of bombs. Same as, you know, the dude who hit 60 last year, but got Otani. Yeah. Uh, especially for you, if the angels make the playoffs, mm. Shohei should definitely be getting that. Cause it likely means he's going to be healthy all yeah. year. I have Shohei still winning it too. So nothing too exciting there because he's plus 200 for this award. Ah. Uh, I guess we'll, we'll do MVP in the and on now, Skyler. So okay. we'll just go back and forth with that. Yeah, yeah. I got Michael Harris from the Braves. I think he's going to get that 30-30 season. And, uh, you know, I I don't know. I feel like there's a higher chance that uh, he would get more votes for having a similar season as, like, a Juan Soto just because he steals so many bases. Gets on, on base the same amount of times, you know? Skyler, I hate you. I hate you. Because I also have the guy who's plus 5,000 to win this award. Michael Harris is my NL MVP. Uh, and I thought I was going to say something cool, you know, with him. You, you yeah. picking like, I don't know, Freddie Freeman or somebody like that. Uh, but no, we both went with the plus 5,000 guy. Nice. Uh, so I guess write it in for bold predictions. Moving on okay. to Cy Young. I really hope we don't – because, we're you know, we're on pace to be similar through all of these, but uh, okay. It's Christian Javier. He's like, he's the breakout candidate. That's already broken out. Kyle's laughing. I think he has Javier too. Uh, he was so good in the postseason too. So uh, I'm going to keep the hot streak going with Javier. I like Javier. However, I have his teammate Framber Valdez uh, as my okay. Cy Young because possibly even more better. Innings. Yeah. Uh, I like Javier, but he just, I don't know, he's like a Carlos Rodon guy where he struggles to get through, you know, six, seven innings because he's throwing so many pitches and getting so many strikeouts in, in the prior part. So, uh, Framber, probably going to throw, maybe not because of Sandy, but probably the most in the American League as far as complete games and stuff like that. Uh, and give me him is my Cy Young in the AL. Yeah. Moving on to Cy Young in the NL, I feel like we matched on this one. Yeah, it's Spencer Strider. Um, he struck out so many guys last year. If he stays healthy this season, plays a full year, he's going to be winning the Cy Young. My NL Cy Young is Spencer Strider as yeah. well, too. Uh, that one felt pretty obvious, though. Mm-hmm. So not as bold as prediction for uh, you know Michael Harris, but uh, fuck, man, I guess we're just on the same pace for this stuff. <laughs> Moving on to our rookie of the year in the AL. Yeah. 
All right. I got Yoshida from Boston. Uh, he looks like an MLB ready hitter. He was great in the WBC. And uh, I like his odds compared to some of the, you know, top prospects and quotations, you know, uh, because he technically is one, but he's ready to go. Yeah. Uh, I had Mazataka Yoshida on here and I actually erased it because I was watching a game on MLB Network. Yeah. And I realized if Anthony Volpe is good in New York, he's going to win this thing. I don't think he uh, will be good, though, is if, my thing. Yeah, <laughs> I, that's valid. Uh, but if he's good in New York and the Yankees win 100 games or, you know, cruise into the playoffs, he will win this award because he's the shortstop by the New York Yankees and he's 21 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people think he's Derek Jeter. So there's that. Uh and our rookie of the year, Skyler, I hope you made a good pick here because I think you know who I picked. Oh, it's Jordan Walker, man. He's going to mash the season. Sorry, Kyle, not Corbin Carroll. Jordan Walker has a chance to hit 30 homers as rookie. And I know Pete Alonso kind of shattered that number, but he's so hot right now, man. He's on fire. He's also going to be hitting eighth in that lineup. Oh, I don't care, Kyle. I'm going with the man, Corbin Carroll. Who I that's, absolutely that's a great pick. Love I just I, yeah. I want to change it up. Reliever of the year, AL. Emmanuel Classe. I feel like these two guys are are pretty set in stone for me right now. Uh, Classe is a, a, amazing, and yeah, yeah. Uh, I have Classe too. That one seems pretty obvious. So it's yeah. not like oh we picked the same one, mm-hmm. you know. So Classe there, uh, mm-hmm. reliever of the year in the NL. Yeah, Devin Williams. Um, haters not there anymore. Take innings. Uh, obviously, a lot of injuries with the National League relievers right now. So, Devin Williams is the best guy, in my opinion, there. I went with the guy who uh, I guess you would call Devin Williams' mentor or whatever. Uh, Josh Hader uh, is the guy who I'm picking. In San Diego, he's going to have more save opportunities. He could yeah. be a guy with 50, perhaps even 60 saves, depending on how good that team is. Uh, and how the games are that they're playing in. But give me Josh Hader as the reliever of mm-hmm. the year. Moving on to the manager of the year in the AL. Yeah, Phil Nevin. If the Angels make the playoffs, it's got to be him, right? So in my scenario, yeah. we got it. Yeah, I. that's a good one I think I'd pick if I had the Angels make the playoffs. Of course, I don't have them making it. Uh, so I'm with Terry Francona. Uh Back back. You know, familiar name in this role. And I think if the Guardians make the playoffs again and win the division, and if they win, you know, 95 to 97 games, it's a pretty obvious guy to go take because the roster doesn't look the same as some of the other teams that are up there with them. Yeah. Uh, NL manager of the year. I hope you picked the same guy I have. Bob Melvin. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Bob Melvin. Nice. They're awesome. And he's another guy that if a Bob Melvin team has a good season, he's winning coach of the year. Because he's exactly. such a great Bob manager. Melvin. Bob Melvin yeah. is uh he's actually the origin of the nickname him. Did you know that? <laughs> great one, pal. Let's go ahead and get into our fun awards now. The breakout yeah. and the bust. Uh starting off with the breakout in the AL. So last season I had Dylan Cease as my AL breakout, and I'm going with a similar strategy. A guy who was good, but who's gonna keep getting better. Jeffrey Springs, Tampa Bay, gets a lot of strikeouts and even more ground balls. So not going to give up a whole lot of power. Yeah. I was thinking Jeffrey Springs, uh, but how good he was last year, I think breaking out just what even more. Would have been you don't really think it's tough. fair? 
to do. Uh, no, I think it's fair. I mean, if oh, he's okay. like, okay. you know, nearly Cy Young good, then that I okay. guess would be considered a breakout for me. Right. Uh, but he's definitely a guy who's up there because he wasn't an all-star last year. Yeah. Uh, and then George Kirby is the guy that I have. I think okay. he, the second year type guy is a really, you know, fun pick for a breakout mm-hmm. type thing. Cause it, I know just aligns with career progression and George Kirby is really good last year and he's going to have a pretty strong opportunity from the beginning of the season to through the end of the season of being a guy in that rotation in Seattle. So give me George Kirby as my breakout. All right. Breakout in the NL. I'm going to go with Brian De La Cruz from Miami. Here's one of those second year guys who I think could break out is last two weeks of the season. Absolutely nuts. He had like 400 with six homers. So uh, he's obviously going to get a chance here. He's going to get at-bats. So I'm going with Brian De La Cruz. My breakout in the NL, I guess you could put Michael Harris since I guess yeah. breaking into MVP would be something. But mm-hmm. I put Jake McCarthy as my other guy because I think if he just does what he did, same as last year, but he does it throughout the entire season where he has 20 homers and has 40 stolen bases – that's an amazing season. So uh, give me Jack McCarthy. All right. Bust in the AL, Skyler. I'm going to go with Luis Robert here. I, I really like Luis Robert, but he can't stay healthy. And all of a sudden, he can't play center field. He had a negative 3D war. He, he's tr- a bad fielder now. That was what he's supposed to be the best at. So I, I can't rely on Luis Robert until he proves me wrong. Jacob DeGrom is the guy that I have. I think he's probably mm-hmm. going to start, you know, maybe four games this year. Uh, he's probably allowed like a half of a run in those four games combined. But uh, Jacob DeGrom, man, he can't stay healthy. And I think uh, when you're paying him that much money, that could be considered a bust. What about the NL? I debated this one for a long time, trying to find smaller guys uh, who – you know, could possibly be all-stars, but fade away. But I went with a big one here, Julio Urias. He's pitched so many innings, and the strikeout numbers are down. Walk rate is up. He's been giving up more homers. I feel like if I'm listening to the analytics, this guy is due to have a disappointing year right before he gets paid. It's unfortunate, but that's kind of what happens sometimes. And I feel like he's another one of these guys who uh, he just started pitching – too many innings, too young. It's going to hit him this year. That's not a guy that I expected you to have. Uh, my NL breakout is going to be somebody who has equal odds to win the NL MVP as Corbin Burns. And I know yeah. pitcher MVP doesn't really align, but Corbin Burns is a guy who's won a Cy Young. He's been really, really good. Uh, let me see if you can guess that guy real quick. Any random guess? Equal odds to Corbin Burns. Equal odds to Corbin Burns, who's going to bust. So Corbin Burns has a plus like 15,000 yeah. odds to win NL MVP. This guy has equal odds to that to win NL MVP. Schwarber? Alec Baum has really? the same odds to win NL MVP as Corbin Burns. And I'm picking him to bust because. Okay. I don't know where people got those numbers from. Yeah. He is not that good of a dude. He doesn't have power. He doesn't play great fielding, anything Wichita like that. Shocker, I mean, though. Respect. He can probably hit, you know, 270 and maybe 10 to 15 home runs, but 
you know, he ain't no MVP type guy that some people think he is going to be. So, uh, yeah, right. uh, Alec Baum. Nice pick. All righty. Done with the awards. Let's move into our playoff postseason predictions. Mm-hmm. This work gets serious, Skyler. No joking around now. Yeah. AL wildcard. Six. Yes, sir. Versus three. The Angels versus Cleveland, I believe, for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who's making it out? Uh, the Guardians are going to win that one easily, unfortunately, for the Angel fans. Damn, that's not as dramatic as I thought it was going to be. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I have Tampa Bay versus Cleveland here, same as last year. And it's going to be the same as last year. And the outcome, too, give me Cleveland. They're built for the postseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have New York visiting Seattle for this. Yeah. I have Seattle uh-huh. visiting New York. How does that play out for you, Skyler? Mariners are going to get this one in Seattle. Uh, it's going to help them, like you said. I have the home team winning. So the Yankees play out mm-hmm. well. Uh, and the Bronx, I think it'd be a tough spot to play for, the, I guess, playoff experience. But young teams still in Seattle. Uh, and the Yankees are a Full of veterans, so give me them winning the wild card round. Uh, and I guess we'll just do all the AL and then move into the NL. That way sure. it's kind of a bit easier to keep track of. Yeah. Uh, so you have Cleveland going up against Houston, yes, sir. I believe, right, in the ALDS. Mm-hmm. Who is coming out of that one? The Astros are too good, man. The Astros moving on to the championship series. I have Cleveland versus Toronto, uh, and I have Toronto moving on. I think... Uh, I love the Cleveland team. I said it multiple times throughout this episode. I've said it throughout this past year too. Uh, but Toronto is just such a tough place to play if things go right in, in postseason. If they have the lineup that they we expect them to do to have, they will be a force to be reckoned with in October, not just leading up to it. Uh, and then in the other series, you have Seattle going to. Toronto, mm-hmm. uh, which is a rematch of last year in the yep. wild card round. Does it play out the same for the upset with Seattle, or does Toronto move to the ALCS? The Mariners are doing it again. They're beating Whoa. Toronto. <laughs> Toronto. Four seed Mariners going to play Houston. Uh, do I even need to ask how that Houston versus Seattle series goes? No. Or is it exactly no, how don't. I expect? You do not need to ask. They're probably getting swept by Houston. <laughs> yeah. I have Toronto versus Houston in my ALCS. I don't think it'll be a sweep. You know, maybe Toronto wins one or, you know, gets crazy lucky and wins two. But Houston is moving to the World Series because that's just what they do. And side now. Let's see here. So six seed Philadelphia up mm-hmm. against three seed St. Louis should be the same for us. And it was the same matchup that we saw last year in the wild yeah. card round. Does it play out the same as last year? Yeah. Philly's going to get them again on the road. I, I And maybe we're just stuck in last season, but it feels like these teams haven't changed enough in order to, to flip the series. Yeah, we, we talked about the lineup change in both of these teams with, you know, uh-huh. one bringing in some young guys and the other, you know, bringing in the big dogs of Trey Turner. This is a time where we will see Bryce Harper be playing. Mm-hmm. Reese Hoskins probably won't be back, but if he is, perhaps he could be a DH, you know, just like Kyle Schwarber came back in the World Series when he tore his ACL in 2016. 
Uh, and Philly's built for a, a playoff series against St. Louis. If you have Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola going up against Jack Flaherty and, like we said, old-ass Adam Wainwright, yeah. it should play out pretty well for Philly. So uh, give me them. And then in the other wild card round, you have, let's see, do you have the Dodgers have and the, the Dodgers Mets? going to New York. Yes, same. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And uh, and this one, the Dodgers are going to get him this year. I, I can't see the Dodgers losing in the first round. So they're going to upset the Mets. I do see him losing in the first round because it's going to be in New York. And with Scherzer and Verlander pitching, it's going to be such a tough, tough it will be tough for the Dodgers. But it'll be to fun out. to watch. Uh, it's going to be fun if that that's how it goes. Because uh, it was fun to watch last year when they played the Padres yeah. and, and those exciting games that we had there. So uh, give me the bets. Let's move into the NLDS now. Uh, do you have Philly visiting San Diego? Yeah. Oh, is that what you have? Okay. Mm-hmm. So a rematch of the NLCS from last year will occur in the NLDS this year for us. Who do you have here? I have the Padres here. I, I really think the pitching is going to take a big step this year, and that's what's going to get them to the championship series. I have the Padres getting them too. Uh, the Padres, you know, some people might have been shocked that they got that far last year, especially mm-hmm. with how the regular season went for them. Uh, but they showed that they belonged in the postseason. Mm-hmm. And I think when you add Xander Bogarts and Fernando Tatis also being in that lineup, as well as, you know, Matt Carpenter and Nelson Cruz and all those guys, this lineup should be able to put them over the top and be able to score some runs when it matters later in the series uh, that they couldn't do this past year. Uh, and give me San Diego in the moving to the NLCS. Yeah. The other series, we have the Mets visiting the Braves. Is that what you also I, have? Uh, Dodgers Braves. Oh, yeah. Dodgers Braves. That's, mm-hmm. that's right. Uh, who do you have here? This is a rematch of, let's see, is a 2020 NLCS mm-hmm. and the 2021 divisional round. I want it. No, NLCS. Yeah. Back to back yeah, NLCS. NLCS. Yeah. Well, I, I got the Braves winning this one, breaking the tie. Um, the Braves are so good, man. Uh, a team like the Dodgers, e- even though they're so great and they're going to find a way and be in there every year, they're just not as good this year. I'm not going to keep yeah. up with them. I don't have that matchup that you have. I have one that could be even better with the Mets going up against the Braves, which should be a fun one because those fans like to clash on Twitter. Uh, in Atlanta, or not, I guess not in Atlanta because it's a series, yeah. but with Atlanta being the home team for the majority of the games, I guess, uh, I have the Mets pulling it out and moving on wow. to the NLCS, which uh, sets up a pretty interesting NLCS matchup for you and me. Skyler, who do you have here? I got the Braves and the Padres, top two seats. Yeah. And. Yeah. I'm going with Atlanta. They're getting back to the World Series. Uh, I think this team is even better than the team that won it all. And uh, it's going to be an exciting matchup with Houston. I have the Mets versus the Padres in this, in the NLCS. And uh, I'm not going with the Padres. I'm going with the Mets. Adding Verlander is just... Mm -hmm. Such a big thing. And I know we, we said that with, you know, added Scherzer last year. Uh, but this one means, I don't know, it just feels so much more 
uh, th- than that because Verlander has been there so consistently. And I know Scherzer has two and he's pitched in World Series games and he's won a World Series with the Nationals. But Verlander just like, it's just a name that seems so polarizing when it comes to that. And then back to the DS thing, you already know the Mets are going to be willing to trade one of their big time prospects to go get yeah. a big guy, whoever it is from one of the the shittier teams in the league, whether it's trying to think of a, of a bad team that has a closer, uh, like a Daniel Bard or somebody like that. Or, you know, there's going to be guys who break out who aren't yeah. on, uh, aren't on great teams and end up getting traded at the, the end of the season. And I think the Mets will go overboard to make sure that they're both my mic cut out again. Uh, but back to what I was saying, the Mets are going to be able prepared for that postseason in the bullpen. Edwin Diaz, you know, probably won't be able to come back for regardless of what's going on there. And, uh, Give me a Mets and Houston World Series. You have a rematch of 2021 with Houston and Atlanta. Who do you have here and how many games and who is your World Series MVP? Astros and Braves. I think this one's going seven. And I'm going to take the Braves. My MVP, Marcelo Zuna, DHing. Whoa. um, Yeah, I know. I know, right? I know. When I when I watched this game, game seven, when Marcel Ozuna hit that, oh, I don't want to spoil it for you. Sorry. But <laughs> Marcel Ozuna, man, um, no one thought he would be that plug-and-play guy against the great rotation of the Astros, but he pulled it off, man. You know what's going to be hilarious? What? Is when Marcel Ozuna gets DFA'd in May. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I have a Houston versus the Mets in the World Series, so Verlander's going against his old team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that doesn't matter because Houston is Houston, and they're going to repeat for the first time in 20 years in six games. And my World Series MVP, which will do unthinkable things throughout this series, will be Kyle Tucker. Oh. So I'm not picking, I don't know, I guess the equivalent to picking Marcelo Zuna would be, what, Jake Myers? <laughs> Mauricio Dubon? Somebody like that. Is Mauricio Dubon? Oh, man, could you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but give me KT, Kyle Tucker as my World Series MVP, and the Houston Astros as my World Series champion. All right. Let's get into March Madness. <laughs> March Madness. Yeah. So we had a rough week last week. I guess we went both two out of eight on our picks, which yeah. is really shitty, of course. Uh, but we can go ahead and predict our uh, Final Four and our uh, championship game because I believe that will happen by the time that we do our next episode. Yeah. So, uh, Skyler, yeah. Florida Atlantic and San Diego State. This should be a good one. Uh, I'm going to go with San Diego State, though. Uh, I feel like San Diego State's had the the harder schedule here over the past week. Um, in my opinion, Florida Atlantic didn't have to do much to beat Tennessee, and Kansas State was a crazy game. But I mean, San Diego State scored seventy one points on Alabama. That's that's amazing. So I got San Diego State in the championship. How crazy is that, man? Want to hear something crazier? Yeah. you you uh, this team doesn't lose games and they only lost three this entire season. And I don't see them losing to San Diego state and pulling it out as an underdog and a nine seed moving to 
national championship, which would be absolutely crazy because who's playing in the other side? Perhaps the biggest underdog that we've seen make it that far with UConn going up against Miami. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry, Kyle, but no. I'm going with UConn here. Uh, again, Miami has offense has been nuts, 80 plus points in their last three games. But UConn's been doing the same thing and holding Gonzaga, the best offense in the nation, to 54 points. So it's going to be UConn. And uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say UConn's winning the title this year. Um, I had them going pretty far in my brackets, but I, I didn't expect this. And uh, I, I strongly believe they're the best team here by far available. I'm picking UConn to make it to the Natty uh, over Miami. I th- the Miami team is fun to watch. Don't yeah. get me wrong. But uh, UConn, I think, will take it to the Natty, which sets up a FAU versus UConn national championship, <laughs> which is absolutely something. Dramatic <laughs> pause. Dramatic yeah. pause. Uh-huh. Do you hear the who's? No. Do you hear them? I don't hear any owls in here. Because the owls are dan- doing more than dancing. They're going crazy. They're cutting off nets, and they're winning the national championship together. How about that? How about it? Huh? That'd be insane. That I believe be insane. the but not the, that insane because it's happening. Well, when Butler made it, they were a eight or nine seed with Gordon Hayward, and they lost. And I think that's the lowest seed to ever be in the championship for at least in the modern era. The lowest seed to win March Madness. Uh, eight was Nova. Okay. They did it in 1985. Jeez. I thought UConn had a team that was like that though, didn't they? I think they did, but that team didn't win it. Gotcha. Huh. Uh, well, uh, it doesn't matter because it's going to be a new uh, champion, yeah. uh, FAU. Give me them. Congratulations, Kyle. I guess that would qualify as my bold prediction. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and we will see who is laughing come next Tuesday. Well, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at Are the situation. With yeah, with you. Uh, we'll see April final 4th. Form what we're talking about in a week from now, uh, will my opener be FAU and all the stuff that they did? I probably won't even be able to watch the game because of work. So, uh, we'll see how that goes. I'll, let but, you know, uh, I'll be rooting for them. You know, I'll be hooing. All right. Well, you know, it's all about the West coast, man. So San Diego state I'll be rooting for it, but I think UConn's going to smash them. Did not catch any of that. F-A-U. 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 Well, we'll see you guys next week. Yeah, go Huskies. Start of the MLB season, too. Let's go. MLB season. Let's go. Get your, uh, your supercharged players. Yeah. All right.